0: An Anxiety Happy Hour contains the unhinged musings of three so-called adults. We may be talking about sex, violence, drugs, really anything that comes to mind, but it's just our demented minds and no one else's. Listener discretion is not only advised, it is strongly recommended.
1: hi i'm Brittany. i'm beamer
0: and i'm Bunsen, and, and we're, we're anxious. anxious
2: god damn it
1: <laughs> damn it Brittany. why do we sound like that
2: why are we this way
0: it's time for another exciting episode of but i don't want to an anxiety happy hour
2: or as i like to call it an anxiety happy hour or for short ah! <laughs>
0: <laughs> well done oh,
2: guys aces
0: And not the fun kind, nasty kind that I wasn't aware of until we decided this was a topic. And I was like, oh, shit.
1: I like that I said, hey, I want to talk about my past trauma. And Brittany over there is like, "Mm, we're going to do a whole topic, though. And I need you to do research.
2: Okay. But to be fair, you wanted to talk about trauma in general, which is a very broad topic. And we tried to narrow that down. And this was the easiest way to do it is to talk about adverse childhood experiences. I was just trying to talk about my adverse
1: childhood experience.
2: (laughs) And you were trying to make it a general topic. (laughs) Oh, I didn't realize we wanted to do a Beamer episode. My mistake. (laughs) No,
1: No, no, no worries. This is probably better anyway
0: (laughs) it's listen if we have to force it out of you you know so be it it's fine good to kind of narrow it in because everything does start in childhood right this is where we get formed this is where our attachments get fucked up this is where our lifelong neuroses all sort of stem from uh so why not talk about the things at the very beginning
1: so for people who are not familiar ace is adverse childhood experiences and it's done into three categories abuse neglect and how household dysfunction and the abuse is physical, emotional, sexual, neglect is physical or emotional and the household dysfunction is mental illness, incarcerated relative, mother treated violently, substance abuse or divorce.
2: Because an ACEs can have lasting negative effects on health, well-being and as well as life opportunities such as education and job potential. Yes, I am reading off of a website. It's the cdc.gov. These experiences can increase the risk of injury, sexually transmitted infections, maternal and child health problems, including teen pregnancy, pregnancy complications, and fetal death, involvement in sex trafficking, and a wide range of chronic diseases and leading causes of death, such as cancer, diabetes, heart disease, and suicide.
1: Brittany made us take the quiz to figure out what our number was. I'm a four. She's a four. Bunsen scored lower. (laughs) It's not as traumatic as us, so he's only a three.
2: As someone who worked in (laughs) Child Protective Services, that quiz did not encompass everything that we learned learned in our field about what counts as an adverse childhood experience. So for example, the test, we took limited parent violence as did you experience it against your mother? It didn't talk about experiencing it as your father. Yes. It talked about sex abuse from someone over five years older than you. But I would argue that it, sex abuse, whatever the age gap is going to be traumatic. And the topic
1: that I was trying to discuss was the, the trauma that happened to me. I was abused as a kid and my abuser was only three years older than me so that would be not counted in this quiz but that's dumb because abuse is abuse. Yes.
0: this limited set of questions that we saw there, you know, again, that's very nuclear family and heteronormative. And so we all agree that that's pigeonholing it already. It ignores some of the obvious things. People who are having higher instances of ACEs are probably going to be in non-traditional family situations to begin with. So it's not an issue of your, you know, fathers beating up your mother necessarily, where it is maybe the aunt you live with having significant other be violent towards them or a grandmother or a cousin, a father. Like there's so many different family situations and so many different opportunities for you to experience these adverse childhood experiences. So it's not to discount it and it's not to say these are the only things. I think that acknowledging that anything happened in the first place is probably the best step towards finding out how you can get help.
1: Two weeks ago now, two weeks ago, maybe more depending on our edits. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh,
1: We were talking about our parents and when we were talking about our parents, Parents, I mentioned that I was sort of groomed into the idea of not showing affection for my father. And that's a kind of mental abuse on my father because. He was trying to be a good dad. He was working. He was trying to provide for his family. And in response, he was getting a brick wall emotionally in his experience with his children. But also when he is around, my mother does what she's called wing on the left, which means she's sitting in the passenger seat while my dad is driving. He'll do or say something she doesn't like and she'll just whack him,
2: a wing on the left. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Okay. I wanted to say to everyone, Like, don't feel alone if you have what's considered an ACE. According to the CDC, ACEs are common. About 61% of adults surveyed across 25 states reported that they had experienced at least one type of ACE before age 18, and nearly one in six reported they had experienced four or more types of ACEs. That's just a crazy number, one in six. Are reporting it as well, which Mm -hmm. we all know
1: there's plenty of people that won't admit to anything adverse happening to them. So we have a high percentage just of people who said yes and meant yes, but there are plenty of people who say no, but in fact they were fucked too. (laughs) Yeah,
0: normalizing the violence, I think, is one of those very difficult things to wrap your head around. Saying, "Well, uh, my parents like hit me or spanked me or something like that," but that was all they knew. You know, those types of justifications or sort of the mental gymnastics of extricating yourself from understanding that yes, you know, your parents who you may have a good relationship with now that you're an adult were abusive towards you. And yes, it wasn't necessarily consistent, but that's abuse. (laughs) Like it's not good. That might be a part of it. Why that number is low. I think that honestly, it's probably significantly higher. Just a hunch, not scientific. Just-
1: It's hard to admit to yourself or to others when you can't make a relationship work, whether Mm -hmm. it's a friendship, a a lover or your family. And I think that there is a lot of down playing the trauma that you experience because it feels less traumatic to you to have a dysfunctional home than to not have a home at all.
2: Yeah, a lot of kids in foster care would much rather be home where it wasn't great than in limbo waiting for a stranger's house. For sure.
1: So I am going to, if you're wondering why this episode is a little deeper than we sometimes go, it's because it's the season finale. Congratulations, you've made it through two seasons of hanging out with us <laughs> I'm really proud of all of you for sticking through and on our last episode of each season we try and hit a topic that's a little heavy hearted last season we did grief this season we we started with the idea of trauma really just Beamer wanting to talk about her own personal trauma and then my lovely co-host trying to figure out what I'm saying because I'm not good at articulating myself and so trying to come up with a thematic relation to me just being like no, no, no. I just want to talk about my childhood trauma.
0: <laughs> the best part of this is now everybody who's been listening along with us, you sort of understand our pathologies. Like what are the things that have led to us becoming who we are today? And I think that exposing this a little bit more, talking a little bit more about these deeper issues where in childhood is certainly going to put that out there. So,
2: and it didn't say it as a lasting effect, but I certainly think that childhood aces play a large role in anxiety and why we're here. Mm. Oh, Mm -hmm. Of course.
1: Honestly, you would have to be some kind of magician to have gone through trauma and come out (laughs) hunky-dory. Yeah.
0: (laughs) It's a lot of masking going on if you do that. And we all know that that's a defense mechanism, not necessarily you being okay.
1: So the topic that I was trying to get at is I have a lot of mask, a lot of anxiety issues, a lot of all of those defense mechanisms that you, you set up as a result of something that happened in your life. Occasionally, there are just people who have hormone imbalances that create these walls. Mine were forged right on the home front. And the topic that I wanted to talk to is something I haven't even discussed with my therapist, so y'all are getting the sneak peek to if my therapist ever listens to this, I'm sure she'll make me talk about it. As a child, I was abused by my brother, which anyone who knows my brother, he's a bit of a dirtbag, always has been. And it was most Mostly physical abuse. I went to first grade with a belt mark across my shoulder. I had a bald spot for a year where he put an electric shoe polisher in my hair. There was traumatic things like that. But I think the one that really fucked me over was when he was nice. Because when he was nice, there was like inappropriate touching. I Thank, thank all those who were watching out for us. There was never actually rape of any kind, but there was definitely some inappropriate touching that I allowed to happen because it was one of the few times he was being nice. And so it created in my psyche this imbalance that I don't know how affection is supposed to be. And I don't know what actually makes me comfortable versus uncomfortable because the things of my childhood, I know were not right, but it was what I was raised with, which I think is commonly the the problem. I, I know that I've encountered people who were more sexually abused than I was. And, you know, they they grow up to sort of embrace their inner slut, which, hey, get it. Like, I'm proud of you. But that is not the direction I went. I definitely went in a more conservative way. I almost wish I had gone the more slutty route, but I am allergic to antibiotics. So probably not for, for the best because not everybody's clean. And so I, I really wanted to talk about that on this episode. Things like that, how these aces can fuck you
0: up. I think that, well, first off, it's very brave of you to share it because it's the least comfortable thing to talk about something like that happening. You're not the only person I know who had an older sibling molest them. Even though you're not calling it rape, you were sexually assaulted. Even though you said you chose to let it happen, you can't make that choice. That's not a choice. You're a child. So part of your journey in this is you got to absolve yourself of feeling responsible for that. And your therapist is going to tell you that. So I'm just, you know, parroting.
1: I see Brittany, the social (sighs) worker, in deep in her heart over here, just nodding her head like, yes, yes, it is not your fault.
2: (laughs) Yeah, perfectly said, Bunsen.
0: Yeah, it is not your fault. You were the baby of that family. This wasn't some sort of choice you were making. This was a survival mechanism of, I have to, you know, you you didn't have any choice but to accept this was happening. What were you going to do? Fight back?
1: Eventually, I did. Eventually, I spent some time away because my brother went to boarding school. And when he was gone, began to strengthen myself, both physically and start building these walls that I still have today. And I joined a football team and perhaps partook in some things I should not have taken on the recreational spectrum. But when we were then in the same environment again, I can remember the moment he realized I was a different person because we were in my grandmother's kitchen and he went to like bully me and I hard shoved him against the opposing wall and a doorknob. And he like fell to the ground and you could see the utter shock on his face that this was no longer the the little sister he had always known. This was a different person. And that's really the last time he ever consistently did anything.
2: Good. I would argue just knowing you and your brother that he does still display inappropriate boundaries with you and do things that are inappropriate. (sighs) In other ways... To you, but like I not every that, single one of my friends. I am glad that they are different, inappropriate things. Yes.
0: Can I say too that, like, you're not even having been exposed to your brother ever in real life, but just Good. knowing the way that you talk <laughs> about him, I am unsurprised that this occurred. It, you can feel who in your family you tolerate and you love, and then you can feel who you don't. And that's fair. And that's totally fine.
2: I am surprised that you have stepped up so much throughout the years to help take care of him, though, whenever he needed help. It's not. Not something
1: that was ever discussed in my family and in my family i'm expected to take care of others and and so i do it and it's only been very recently that i've started especially pushing back to my mother that she'll ask me to do something for my brother and i'll just be like i i can't i can't do this anymore i can't Good. be the person who carries him along and and it's it's hard when people ask you to do things for your abuser because even even though he no longer abuses abuses me he's still my abuser yeah yep. yeah
0: nothing's ever going to change that it is a thing that happened at least 25% more of your family is going to know about this after this episode comes out
1: at oh, least I... my niece and her best friend hey Emma uh, yeah exactly. love you
0: <laughs> <laughs> but have you thought about bringing it up to your family
1: my conversations on much less topic have not gone over super well and so I am has to bring up something like this because if you can't handle the fact that I don't like to be told to be married or with kids or something, how are you going to handle me being like, hey, you know, when you were parenting, you let a big fuck up through.
2: That's not fair. That That is not a fair statement. What your brother did was your brother. It's not fair to say that that was your parents' fault. I but get- it's hard as a
1: child not to, to see that you aren't being protected, you know? Yeah.
0: And that's a legitimate feeling, right? You didn't feel like you were protected, and something happened that should not have happened. Can't, it, like, there's no way to go back and change that honestly assigning the blame or spreading it around to other people is not going to make it feel any better you know who's going to feel like a failure the instant you tell them about it is you know your mom immediately that's she's gonna she's gonna have that thought in her head you don't have to say it like that's not something that needs to get said out loud you know as a parent that is immediately your thought anytime anything negative happens to your kid is i failed them (laughs) i don't
1: want to make her feel that way
0: but you're not making her feel that way it's just how you feel like that is the, yeah. the parenting reaction is your job in this world is to keep them safe and healthy and try to make them grow up to be happy and successful. Different I versions think- of that. Obviously, we know that Mama Beamer certainly has ideas about what successful looks like. and uh, They don't necessarily align with your personal values. And that's OK. Doesn't mean that she's right or wrong, but it's understandable for you to feel the way that you do. But just know that she's going to feel that way, too.
2: I think that there would be some justifiable blame if, you know, you went to her and said, Mom, this is happening and nothing happened or yeah here's the thing though this abuse didn't happen in a bubble so
1: when your daughter has a bald spot for a year and you know where that came from why are more actions not being taken because that's almost as traumatic of an ace for me as abuse itself because when you recognize that something happened and you do nothing to fix it that's an emotional neglect sure see why i wanted us to be drinking for this one <laughs> you could be nah I, I it's all the way over there
0: um, i do think that this is the right way to go about this though is to finally get it out there instead of just letting it sort of fester you've been dealing with this for what two decades more
1: that's so nice that you put me at two decades though i appreciate that you're welcome <laughs> Any,
0: anytime i do it again i mean this is what sucks about these things when they happen in the past so there's nothing you can do about it and there's nothing you can change to make it go away it's just it's always going to be there and really the choices, just how do you move forward from it? The fact that you're ready to start talking about it is, I think, the really good part.
1: Only to you and our closest 20 listeners. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I mean, your therapist is going to be happy to hear that you talked about it.
1: If I tell her. I have therapy tomorrow.
0: I don't know that you, I'm going to tell her. Just tell her. Just tell her. You tell her. I'm not telling her. I'll come to therapy with you. You want me to do that? It's going to be interesting. <laughs> no, that would be so weird. <laughs> it,
2: it might be good to bring it up to help sort out how you're feeling about each thing because it sounds like your anger at not being protected against the shoe polisher and the physical shit it sounds Mm -hmm. like that anger is carried over to something that she didn't know and you're kind of compounding your feelings on separate issues and then your feelings about how you are living versus your parents preference on how you would live you're adding that to trying to predict the outcome of how your parents would react if you told them this other issue. It's just, it's very tangled. And mm-hmm. I think that you have some feelings that better fit in a more organized fashion, if that makes sense. That was a really convoluted explanation, but I hope it makes sense to, to you.
1: To simplify it for everyone else, Beamer's a hot mess.
2: No! And she would be less <laughs> of a
1: mess if she straightened her house and got things in order. No. It's
2: like if you went to a glitter factory that also had an explosion of feathers and dirt and you threw a wet sucker. The Like the dust (laughs) didn't go there. The glitter does not go there. It's all wrapped up into one, but these are separate things. I don't know that I could have come up with a messier
1: analogy than the one you just came up with. You're welcome.
0: Well, you know what? I I get it though, because Britt is essentially trying to say, And so you have all these different types of things stuck on this sucker lollipop. You're trying to pick them off bit by bit here, but like, maybe let's go for the glitter last. Let's get the feathers off there first.
1: What if we burn that factory to the ground?
2: (laughs) um well you're the sucker in this instance <laughs> I'm the sucker I thought yeah. I was a factory you're the
0: lollipop no, no. <laughs> I'm you're, the you're lollipop just, why gonna, am and, I
1: in this factory who's the factory well he's maybe,
0: factory. maybe just, he's your family yeah. or something I there thought the glitter and
1: shit was my personality or my experiences and oh that was a mess inside and I was the factory but instead maybe the world is the factory well, I'm not sure
2: the, the glitter and the feathers and the dirt those are experiences and try as you may... That sucker's never gonna be fully glitter dirt feather free. Those experiences that the sucker went through have forever impacted it. And you can wash it off or try to wash it off with therapy, but there's always gonna be a little bit in there. I mean
1: the glitter's there forever for sure. That's exactly what glitter is.
0: <laughs> the real like you're taking it away from the analogy and kind of just getting it back into You more didn't want to
1: keep going on this analogy?
0: I just I'm um, right now it's it's the ADHD is you know the texture, I have a textural thing, and now I'm just thinking about like a lollipop with like glitter on it and feeling that. And it just oh, I'm getting the ick on the back of my neck right now, it's so terrible. <laughs> I'm, gonna, uh, I'm
2: gonna
1: go up to Salem one day, bring saran me uh, wrap his car, but when he un saran wraps his car, he's gonna find a, a lollipop with glitter all over it, <laughs> <laughs> and it's gonna be the worst day of his life.
0: I won't eat it though, but, but I will come and find it. You. Up and I'll visualize find you. it, don't worry. What <laughs> I was gonna say is. Is I think that what Britt's getting at is it's helpful sometimes to kind of strategize what you want to talk about in therapy and kind of plan of attack it. Cause yeah, this is gonna end up opening a whole lot of different things to talk about. And some of them won't be very fun, but like you've been putting in a ton of work on talking about, like, you know, relationships and stuff like that with your therapist so if you think that this is something that is holding you back from you know having healthy relationships or and healthy sex and all those things it's like that is 100% something you want to talk to her about because then you can start to unpack that
1: Brittany can attest my agenda for this week is going to be filled with other things <laughs> <laughs>
2: I forgot what do you mean <laughs> what do you mean what do
1: I mean Oh, my family drama you
2: call me about Oh boy, and I was placed in a group drama. text about you
0: go, oh, Jesus Christ.
2: That video? Oh, no. All of that?
0: There was oh. a video? Oh, jeez.
2: Oh, so much. So much Long drama. story short, Beamer joined OnlyFans. Her account is <laughs> at BeamerB3AnxiousAHH.
1: <laughs> I really don't know what you were expecting. I haven't even finished editing last week's episode and you thought the season finale was going to be edited and perfect? That's just delusional. Enjoy this unedited section of the podcast. Eventually it'll get done.
0: I I was going to say... That would certainly be one way to raise funds. Can we just have it be all feet? We can just put our feet on there.
1: No, no, no. I'm sitting on cakes. Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Bob must be Bob's gotta be excited about that. Bob is gonna be well. have
1: diabetes now. Rolling in treats from all of that extra cash
2: I got now.
0: <laughs>
2: I've been so stressed this week that I got some stress eczema on my finger.
0: <gasps> oh
2: I hate when that happens. It sucks.
1: That's weird that it, like,
2: localizes. It does for my friend Sam, too. Like, you just, you get bumps on your fingers.
0: Is it the the little, like, blisters underneath it? The hydrodentist? Yep, I get that. It's the worst. I've been
1: it. so stressed this week that every moment of the day, my body's like, but what if you took a nap?
2: <laughs> so, relating... Your aces back to anxiety. Um. Mm, the the thought didn't make it all the way to a sentence. Sorry. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> that happens. <laughs> uh, how would you say that this has impacted you on an anxious level? I
1: think fundamentally wires are crossed in my head and so i don't trust myself to have the right reactions to people to situations and there is that always lingering doubt and when you feel like you don't do the right thing anxiety creeps up man
0: That self-doubt is really a tough one to kind of get past the not trusting your feelings. Yeah, it it still is problematic for me to this day. I I struggle with it to listen to myself and kind of analyze what am I actually feeling in this moment and, you know, give myself the permission to listen to myself.
2: Yeah, in the moment, it's really difficult. But, you know, later when you're beating yourself up for having feelings, it's real easy <laughs> to pick that apart and be like, oh, well, of course I have feelings because this, this and this. And then boom, job done. <laughs> yeah, ruminating. That is uh,
0: if you have anxiety, your favorite thing to do is to ruminate for hours on end about all the different ways you should have handled something, but you didn't because you're a fucking failure. What the fuck is wrong with you? Why are oh you the worst? <laughs> so,
2: I have always said ruminate. Me Is too. It ruminate or ruminate. I think it's ruminate.
0: You know what? Let's uh we're gonna Wikipedia pronunciation that thing, aren't we? I, I was like,
1: I guess he's just adding a little rum, adding some crack and berry to his yeah. thinking.
2: I mean, I could I, see how it would be called or be pronounced that way. I, I think you probably wrong, are though.
0: right. I think you're probably right. I just never
2: trust
1: a man from Massachusetts to know how to pronounce something.
0: <laughs> no you're right It ruminate yeah it's ruminate
1: i was gonna let it go but i'm glad you didn't
2: i can't you said you say um something too that gets me etc like it's fucking migraine medicine etc et.
0: <laughs>
2: it's etc et
0: yeah two different words etc
2: et there's no x in it it's like espresso. How and often espresso? do I say that? You say "et cetera" a lot. <laughs> That's so not wait, even is, a word. I realized
1: I used.
0: I was gonna say this isn't a Southern thing. It's just a it's just a beamer yes. thing.
2: I a lot of people say it. A lot of people say "et cetera" or "et cetera. I, How do you say it?
1: I went to high school in Connecticut, and when I came back, I said the word. Tor, Tour, T O U R, and my mother was horrified that I had become a Yankee. And to this day, <laughs> I can't hear the difference between what I'm saying and what she's saying.
0: Can we consider that an adverse childhood experience? Or were you too old <laughs> at that point?
2: <laughs> I was under my, eighteen. I was under. My 18. mom gets me on the same word actually, because when I say it, it rhymes with sewer. And she says that's not the right way to say. It. I say tour.
0: Maybe this episode we should link the uh, <laughs> the accent map test, where you listen to the pronunciation of words and say which one's correct, and it will tell you where in the United States you live. I it think I've done that right. before. Yeah, it gets me every single time. I'm like, yep, you got this,
1: <laughs> Worcester. Hey,
0: well, I'm not Worcester, thank goodness. But like, you know, Brittany's there drinking soda, which mm-hmm. if you're a that's a Coke. Well, if you're a Massachusetts native, that would be a tonic. Clearly, that's not tonic, which is a its own drink. tonic is
2: a soda water with quinine. <laughs> exactly.
0: Unless you're from here, in which case my father would insist that everything is tonic. And I'm like, that's not the case, man. You're just, you're out. What? But then you go, you go to the Midwest, right? And that's a pop. Yeah. Pop.
1: In most no. of the South, it's all Coke. Whether you're having Sprite, Dr. Pepper, et cetera you're having a coke
2: you say that but i have met very few people that actually s- use that
0: very wow. few unless you're drinking yeah. mountain dew then it's redneck coffee right
1: that's <laughs> <laughs> straight acid battery
2: it's mostly
0: orange juice honestly is it Hmm. i did not know that i feel healthier drinking it now <laughs> thank it's, you for that. it does
2: have an ingredient in there that will soften the enamel on your teeth Uh, explains
0: explains a lot of my dental bills for the last 20 years
2: yeah (laughs) i I was not allowed to drink regular mountain dew as a child (laughs) for that reason
0: i'm a baja blast lifer i will drink that every opportunity i have regardless of whether or not i need to go to bed
2: beamer did you see on facebook that our friend bobby her husband posted about their son joey not having a Baja blast at whatever event they were at.
1: <laughs> I, and I've never I'm heard confused of that.
2: because
1: Joe's their daughter. That's what I said. You said their son.
2: My bad. I meant daughter. Okay.
0: Did they name I'll, both I'll their kids Joe? Because that would be confusing no. as shit. Uh,
2: Joey and Ezra, or Joanna yeah. and Ezra. I'm going to look right now. But yeah. Uh her husband Paul posted and he was like, Yeah, Joe is not having a Baja blast at this. <laughs> Which I thought was funny to use as a verb instead of a noun. Having a I guess it'd still be a noun. Anyway, off topic. Um, Bunsen, would you like to talk about your adverse childhood experiences? Or Beamer, were you through um processing? in this moment your childhood experiences yeah i was done i i I got
1: to the the peak of where i felt i could keep talking i don't see this baja blast thing you'll have to send it to me later
2: all right
0: (laughs) fair enough so it's not
2: important i said i gave you the message
0: i got the lowest score out of the three of us um and did that
1: create a new trauma for
2: you? Have no less not trauma a, than we?
0: How at did all. you as
2: a four wing five feel about that? Yeah. Uh, because I, I, you were
0: different. Yeah, exactly. I felt unique and special because I am. So
1: <laughs> Well, I <laughs> just assume my like, four like no one is else different from all of y'all's trauma that mine were <laughs> different numbers.
0: But yeah. everybody's traumas are going to be unique. I mean, even if, you know, it somebody else is abused it's not necessarily the same abuse in the same context it's
1: so competition
0: right <laughs> the, the, exactly
1: but if it was I, we won
0: <laughs> i i have to tell my kids that all the time when like they'll say something and then turn it into some sort of like you know blah 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 that's better than like if one will say they're doing better than their brother i'm like this isn't a competition like there's no ranking in the family here. I love both of you. Like, this is not how that works. Um, <laughs> so anyways, uh, I I think the biggest thing was growing up in a household with corporal punishment. Obviously, that's not a fun thing to deal with. Um, and that was the go-to. So, you know, there was escalating voices. There was, you know, getting whacked. And that was punishment. And I also had a lot of the children should be seen and not heard. Um, so it, you didn't talk about feelings. Um, and those were really the ones where if you sort of looked at the chart of things that lined up with like, these are the adverse childhood experiences. It wasn't like one glaring thing. It was just this pattern of behavior over the course of childhood that led to me, you know, growing up, having anxious attachment, needing therapy, <laughs> and all of those other things. Um you know, I think of yeah there were different experiences that wouldn't necessarily be considered adverse childhood experiences that I had as a child those were related to things like say you know fearing for your life with like allergic reactions and things like that like that a lot of my anxiety came from that which wouldn't be classed as an ace um but certainly has led to me having things to deal with and unpack uh, and not even really, related- realizing it you know those were definitely things that like they happened and they were individual instances and those were easy to kind of push down and not remember and then only think about you know 20 30 years later and be like oh yeah no shit that happened to me like that was a thing i forgot all about that and that explains why i'm afraid of xyz (laughs) so yeah so i think you know it was a relatively low score based on that small little quiz and i think that i had it easy Comparatively, you know, it was a stable family environment that I had, Um, but was it necessarily the most healthiest? Clearly not. And I'm okay saying that now.
1: Proud
0: of you. Do what I can.
2: Yeah, I would say that meeting you at this stage in your life, I would never have guessed that you grew up in a family where you didn't talk about feelings.
0: Oh, yeah, <laughs> I think
2: <'cause> he's <laughs> must have done a lot of work
1: now
0: because I that is I mean, that's just it is it, the work needed to be done. And it was not done for a long time. And I mean, I I've, certainly have paid a price for that. You know, I mean, I'm divorced. I have a, a family that's not together anymore. That's not the household that I grew up in. That wasn't what I was hoping for when I you know, got married. But I wasn't equipped with the tools I needed to talk about my feelings at any point in time. Um, And so I just didn't. And over, you know, 13 years, that added up to a really nasty outcome. There was no fixing that.
1: With the disclaimer Mm
0: -hmm. that
1: this would all be theoretical and we couldn't actually know the outcome, if you had done the work earlier, do you Mm -hmm. think you wouldn't have got married to her? Or do you think you would still be married to her?
0: Ultimately so let's look at it theoretically this way i think that if i had done work but it had not it like if the the situation hadn't changed on their end i don't think i think we would have gotten divorced sooner is what would have happened interesting yes i think that but honestly would have married her well <sighs> i i mean i don't know that i was ready to do work at the age when i got married i did start doing therapy after that or like sort of concurrently with that time but i wasn't open i didn't start talking about the things that i really needed to at that point um so i think if i had opened up more in therapy earlier i don't think that it would have like there weren't as many red flags when i first got married it was only later on that stuff's really started to pop up and become problematic okay fair Um, enough so it's, it's, yeah, I mean, it, you know, that was one of the things I had to kind of wrap my head around during the whole process of getting divorced was like, you know, why did I even do this to myself in the first place? Like, this feeling sucks. <laughs> well, you can't go back and change history. Like, those are the choices that you made. Like, this is the repercussions of dealing with it. Um, so, yeah, I, it, that was ultimately. Sort of where I landed in my head was like, you know, I wish I had done this sooner so that it could have been, you know, sort of easier to extricate the situation and figure things out. But it would, you know, I don't think it would have been a different outcome for sure. Uh, Just because I don't think that I think personality wise, we're just not ever going to be compatible in certain ways. And those are really important things to be compatible about, at least in a relationship to me. So it is what it is.
2: Do you feel comfortable answering whether you think
0: Mm -hmm. your
2: ex had some aces that affected her ability to?
0: I do actually. So she had uh, a father who was an alcoholic, um, you know, divorce obviously was there. I don't believe there was violence against her mother in the physical sense but i do know there was that i don't recall that she had any like childhood sexual abuse or anything like that um i know she would have talked about it if she had so you know she certainly had some aces there um
1: if you were to and, pick a number is she yeah. higher or lower than you <laughs>
0: not um,
1: a competition yeah not a it's competition all a competition i don't know what you're not a competition
0: about. honestly i i don't know i would it might even be the same it might it, okay. i would assume three or four i i don't think it was any higher than that um yeah it, it was interesting i, I you know it, yeah i'd have to like really think back to it but i do think that just taking through, like looking at what the questions were on that quiz, I think it'd be three or four.
1: Do you want to hear about the micro trauma I caused my coworker today? Yeah. <laughs> so somebody wants to do an interview tomorrow, and the applicant was good to do it, and the in- interviewer was good to do it. And I'm over here, like, oh, I have therapy at the time that you want to do this so I messaged my darling coworker who will always help me and I was like hey uh what are you doing tomorrow at this time and he's like what can I do to help (laughs) and and I was like I need you to sit in on this interview because I'm going to be in therapy and his response was you're in therapy what's wrong and So I went off on this tirade about how everyone should be in therapy, blah, blah, blah. And it was just a language issue. He thought I was going to physical therapy for an injury. (laughs) He's from Mexico. And uh, so when I said therapy, he thought that I had gotten hurt and he was concerned about that. And then I was like, I'm so sorry. And he's like, it's fine. I know you're crazy. That's how we like you. <laughs> and I was like, "Yep, yep, accurate. Thank you." Oh, man. I'm just gonna go hide in a hole now. Thanks.
2: <laughs> I love that. That's what he came back with, though. It's fine. We know you're crazy. That's why we like you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. No. He's darling.
0: Oh. Ten out
1: of ten. Great coworker to have. That's awesome.
0: Oh man. So Brittany, you had a lot of fun growing up. You had a fun oh, environment and ever changing one, right?
2: <laughs> yes. Um, I was.
0: I, can I say that I was surprised it was only four?
2: Yeah, me too. <laughs>
1: <Ha>! <laughs> I was also a little <laughs> surprised that mine was low. Like,
2: What's it out of there are ten? But the okay. way that those questions were worded, like I couldn't count sex abuse, right? Because neither of my perps were more than five years older than me (laughs) um my dad didn't well actually I guess yes he did put his hands on my mom because he in the way put his hands on me but I never saw him hit my stepmom but I did see like where he had thrown things and broken them so like my social services side would say that's domestic violence, but this little quiz said that doesn't count <laughs>
0: um well, this quiz
2: we, in fact is Trump. yeah.
0: so if we did count <laughs> if we you know, if we did count those things ignoring the uh the age limit and you know reclassifying what violence is to something that's a little more modern uh and more recognized now, so you're more up in the six range
1: Yeah. Okay. I'm going to count without the questions, just looking at the three types. And no, no, no. I wanted all of us to do it to see if we were doing a number scale, whether it was closer to what we thought it was going to be. Because when I hit four, I also thought that felt low. So everybody look at the picture, do your own Mm -hmm. personal count.
2: Oh Philip has so much shit blocked on the computer. I can't look at anything. <laughs> Philip can't possibly
0: boat? have NPR blocks.
2: <laughs> he has um any like sponsored or ads blocked. So like you ah. know, when you Google something and the first result is sponsored, yep. but it's the one you want, like I can't click it.
1: <laughs> okay, I'm gonna put myself at a seven, but know that the seventh one is the divorce even though my parents aren't divorced because there was a lot of separation between my parents as mm-hmm. a child that I feel like mimic divorce and certainly I had a lot of people ask me if my parents were divorced which
2: always made
1: me want to cry
2: oh
0: that's which actually you think
2: are you looking at the one that had the picture or the one that we took
0: the quiz. Why Why is this fuzzy? Oh, TikTok.
1: Because you have a blurred background
2: on? I do. Okay. So if we're just looking at the categories, so in yeah. abuse, there's physical, emotional, and sexual. In neglect, there's physical and emotional. In household dysfunction, there's mental illness, incarcerated relative, mother treated violently, substance abuse, and divorce. And you said out of those 10... You would count seven of them, Beamer? Yes. Okay. Um, Colin, what about you?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's still even looking at it, it really was only three for me. Um, Good. Yeah, I was, very, I was fortunate not to have, like, you know, substance abuse. Like, there wasn't violence between my parents, which was nice. Um, they didn't get divorced. I mean, Jesus, they were still married when she died last year. So it was like, holy shit, <laughs> they almost made 50. They were doing pretty well. Um, did they drive each other insane? Absolutely. But you know, it was, was kind of cute they, they like got, it was one of those things where for sure, like once my sister and I were out of the house, like they definitely like started dating each other again. And it was really cute. Um, Gross. that
2: is cute. Romance. It is. Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
0: You're right. So yeah, no, it was really just like, you know physical abuse emotional neglect and uh, mental illness in the household nothing crazy oh my gosh cash.
1: accurate (laughs) we are
0: wild wild super cash
2: so i will dive in um with like just the cliff notes version of things wait before Um, your cliff notes did you say a number when you i'm not gonna say a number i'm not gonna say a number because i don't want to compete with you (laughs) (laughs)
0: so so beamer's about to silently count everything you say and total it anyways because no it's just who she is
1: no i won't
0: you're you're gonna respect britney i'll
1: just i'll just pout that she won't play with me
0: bunson won
2: (laughs) bunson won
0: what what did i win
2: i won the the, least traumatized (laughs) not to lessen your
1: trauma
0: it doesn't yeah I was the least traumatized, but dealt with it the poorest of all. I I would
2: say no. Who you are right now does not reflect the past that you have told me.
0: Well, thank you. I appreciate that. But again, I also don't forget that I'm, you know, not quite a decade, but I'm a little bit older than you guys. So it took me longer to get to a place to deal with that. Whereas I think you certainly, you know, especially the field that you worked in and everything, Brittany, you've certainly gotten much healthier sooner. right <laughs> and i don't, would say so
1: don't worry bunsen you're friends with us now which means you'll get all new
0: trauma <laughs> exactly Woo! my my elder millennial ass and you uh you younger millennials were just banding together here on the trauma bus
2: i would say a lot of my trauma is secondary trauma anyway even before i started working in that field because mm-hmm. the generations of aces in my family are <laughs> fucking crazy like
1: (laughs) age like a fine wine that trauma
2: i would be like seven years old and my mom would be telling me about how her mom would have random men coming over and being bad men or like her dad would leave her and her siblings in the trailer alone with no money or anything and her sister would go ask the neighbor for a quarter so she could buy a box of macaroni and feed all three of them like shit Fucking crazy shit that my mom felt the need to tell me before I ever reached middle school.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The two movies my mother most relates to is the Yaya Sisterhood movie, which if you haven't seen it, first of all, it's a really good movie. But second of all, you do not want to relate to that drama. (laughs) And two, Gone with the Wind. And if that doesn't tell you everything you need to know about her generational trauma, nothing will.
0: I, you know, it was so funny, I didn't watch Gone with the Wind, really, until I think this past year. Um it's and terrible. I was like, what? Oh. Yeah, because when you put it in context now, I'm like, this is fucking cancelled. <laughs> All yes. of it. Um, like, everything, Like these people are shitty. Right? Never mind yeah. the whole, you know, slavery thing and Antebellum, but like, These are shitty people being super shitty to each other. And, you know, basically, yep, straight up sexual assault, like all these great. It's like, what the actual fuck? And this was like romantic and fantastic Hollywood. It's like, really? This was our standard back then? Fucking greatest generation, my ass.
2: I think it's a little deeper than that, but we're not here to dissect Gone with the Wind.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, no, totally fair, totally fair. Maybe
2: in season
1: eight, we'll just
2: do a couple
1: (laughs) things that we take certain movies or books and we'll dissect them for the anxiety that they cause generations of people.
2: One of my (laughs) favorite psych projects that I had to do in college was we had to pick a celebrity or a fictional character and we had to dissect their personality And a really, um, actually, the main example of a histrionic personality disorder is Scarlett (laughs) (laughs) O'Hara. Like, textbook. (laughs) I
1: believe that.
0: Yep, I see it.
2: Which I thought was interesting that your mom said she related to that movie so much. Um,
0: (laughs) Mama Beamer is getting classified with a personality disorder. We're going for it. And I we're not calling. And that. we're not calling it narcissistic. We're we're going for histrionic.
1: I did not say that. Textbooks have said that, but I did not say that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we're we're making it clear. This is Brittany and I conjecture based just off of it. what you're saying. Yeah, just maybe.
1: Beamer would clear. never
2: say such a thing about her mother. Of course not. And I didn't cause... say it about her either. I just thought it was interesting that she said she related to that movie. When that's the first association that comes to my mind is. The main, you know, female lead has a textbook case of this personality disorder. Have
1: have either of you seen the Yaya Sisterhood movie?
2: Very long time ago. I was probably 10.
1: I think that on a
2: different night, obviously, we
1: should watch a movie together, the three of us. And I think it should be that movie, because as fucked as Gone with the Wind is, Yaya Sisterhood is modern day fucked.
0: <laughs> that's fantastic. Whoa. I was, you know, what I was confusing it with Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, but I, I definitely haven't seen <laughs> no, that either. No. Different, that different good, type though. of fucked.
1: That that has that different, that trauma. Trauma. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. different trauma.
1: Yeah, that's <laughs> different trauma. That that was great though. I loved that book.
2: Hmm. Wasn't it a series? It was a series. Yep. Yeah. 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 Yep. They were. They were good. They were they good. Were... All right. So parents got married very young. Uh, Mom has generations upon generations of trauma that they have all unloaded onto each other. And so then it became uh, my turn when I was born. Um, And then on my dad's side, it's a little sneakier, but um, there's a lot of control going on where um, his mother was very controlling, you know, said some very hurtful things to her children like she was going to put them up for adoption and uh their dad was pretty absent at work all the time um but so me when i come into the world these two unhealed humans decided to make a baby Uh, my dad decided my mom didn't decide my mom said did you wear a condom And my dad said yeah i totally did she's like i don't think you did and he didn't surprise (laughs) well then (laughs) (laughs) so we you know he was in the military we moved from south carolina to wisconsin um things got bad real quick for them apparently um the military police they lived next door to had intervened multiple times my dad used to hide the phone whenever he would leave so that my mom could not contact anybody um she was not allowed to work she was not my mom was very secluded that is you know I would count that as domestic violence. Yeah. Um, apparently one time he went to go strike her when she was holding me and ended up getting me instead. And that's when the military intervened and separated them. Um, from there, my mom married again to a very abusive man. And one of my, I have maybe three memories of him. Um. One time he was, watching me while my mom was at work and he made me spaghettios with meatballs. Fine memory. Another time I walked into their bedroom and he had just gotten out of the shower. So I saw a penis (gasps) Um, penis. (laughs) That one stuck with me for a long time. (laughs) And then um, the last memory is. My mom. Waking me up in the middle of the night and taking me to the police station because apparently he had been beating the shit out of her and had sprayed wine all over my baby things. And was, he was going to kill her. Um, And she took me and we bolted to the police station. I didn't understand at the time. Keep in mind, I'm like three, almost four. And I asked, you know, can I see him? Where is he? So my mom took me to the uh, jailhouse and she let me see him once. Um, When he got out years later, he did end up stalking her in her new state where she worked at her new boyfriend's family's business. He just showed up one time and was staring at her from outside. Um, So yeah, there's that. I didn't see any of the violence or remember any of the violence, but it did occur in a surrounding in which I was present and alive and affected. Um, My parents divorced, obviously, and the judge decided to approve this agreement in which they would just switch custody of me every five years. So zero through five, I was with my mom. Five through 10, I was with my dad. 10 through 18, I was with my mom. Because we'll get to 15. Um, When... My dad remarried when I was like five and they started out really good, but my dad had a drinking problem. He, um, he used to be in the paper a lot for like being a great soldier, doing great things. And my dad is one of those people where he's great. He's really great when he is doing bad. He really fucks it up. So he was kicked out of the military. Um, I think he got arrested for a DUI and he had guns in his trunk. Um, can't do that. He had a drinking problem, um, where he would just be gone every single night. Like, I don't remember my dad actually being around very much when I lived with him. Um, I was pretty much always with my stepmom, and when she had her two kids, the three of us together, he would leave very early for work and then he would go out drinking afterwards and come home after I was already asleep. My little sister, um, one of my little sister's, can recall a time where, you know, she wasn't school age yet. So she woke up in the middle of the night when he got home, she went down to go see him and he was drunk and he backhanded her across the face, asking her why she was awake. Um, my 10th birthday party or ninth birthday party, he and my stepmom got into it and he threw a glass across the kitchen and shattered glass everywhere. And I remember my elementary age self being like, what the fuck kids are going to be here later you can't just be breaking glass (laughs) (laughs) um they would they would scream and shout at each other a lot and i would take my sisters into my room and just play mary kate and ashley go to paris real real loud um a classic so they wouldn't hear it (laughs) whatever it was called uh it it wasn't called that i don't think but you know the movie i'm talking about yeah Um, part of their dynasty yeah but, yeah, so there was a lot of a lot of yelling, um, but I don't remember him ever hitting her. But my sisters will tell me that their mom has said that he did hit her while she was pregnant. So there's just it's believable,
0: yeah,
2: um, and then real, real quick interjection here, yeah.
1: why is it? because I have not just seen your parents do this, but parents in general, Why do you tell your children
2: things that happened (laughs) in their childhood that they would not remember on their own? Inappropriate boundaries, they're not processing it well, so they talk to the only other person who they think has experienced it. The amount of times I hear things come out of
1: little one's mouths that I'm like, why would anyone have told you that? Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I don't share inappropriate things with the kids. Like I, I'll tell them about when they were little, like before they can remember. Cause they like to see pictures of themselves when they were little. They want like proof that you actually love them. They're like, <laughs> they're like, show me, show me, show me that you love me when I was little. And I'm like, look, here, look <laughs> at all these pictures. Look at all the selfies I used to take when you were cuddled up sleeping on me. Because I thought it was cute and because I loved you and I would let you do that like you know meanwhile you know i spent the whole weekend cleaning up their puke everywhere and it's like Dude, do you think i don't love you because i do this like
1: but like they the think stories you, you shouldn't right. tell are things like that time i dropped you or that that <laughs> time you shit all over my hand or or whatever oh i Those tell them are... about
0: that that's hilarious i'm like listen you know i love you because you shit all over my hand let me tell you that story <laughs> He's like I'm so sorry. I'm like no no no, this isn't an apology. It's okay. You're a baby. This is what <laughs> babies do. I'm just letting you know if you think that you can gross me out now, you're sorely mistaken.
2: <laughs> oh. So okay. sweet.
1: Sorry, sorry to interrupt your. your no, no, please That's continue.
2: An important like thought. Like why do parents do this? This is not helping. <laughs> like I probably would have been better off not knowing. Um, yeah, I have
0: a the very other,
2: good friend. Yeah, Go ahead, I, Don, I was going to
0: say that the the other thing you're getting is you're hearing the stories from other people. So it's not even like the parent who was responsible for the behavior sharing it. This mm-hmm. is one of those textbook examples of like, hey, don't shit talk the other person to your kids. Right. Like, you know, as a divorced parent, it's like my job is not to say shit about their mother to them other than to encourage them to like listen to your mom. She loves you. She takes care of you, don't be bad, you know?
2: That's so mature.
0: <laughs> I listen, like I don't have to love their mom. I don't. Like that's okay. But she's their mother and I want them to like, you know, grow up to, you know, be okay and I want them to realize that they have two parents who love them even if those parents can't stand each other, which is just fine.
1: <laughs> and when they're old enough to realize that you really don't love their mom, but never mm-hmm. tried to convince them not to love their mom. They're gonna realize how much you love them.
0: It's gonna make that therapy session a heck of a lot shorter. Oh. <laughs>
1: They're gonna be like, "I just realized my dad loves me, and I have to go." <laughs> We're Definitely. gonna go grab a beer. Listen, I'm out of here.
0: I this was I think I've said this before, but really, you know, talk about adverse childhood experiences and knowing that i like the kids are in one right. My goal with these two is, you know, they are in a school system that focuses on social emotional learning and knowing that they have, you know, teachers who understand that and support systems that are there and in place for it. My goal is to support the fuck out of that. I want them to grow up with a higher EQ than I will achieve in the entirety of my life because it's just going to make their lives better. That's been my sole focus. I don't care. If they do well on tests, I don't care if they do good at sports. I just want them to be good people and I want them to be happy and like have the capacity to like really feel happy.
1: I'm going like to that. All over I, this nice sentiment. Ugh. Just
0: absolutely let it rip. I, oh, it it just it feels like the right thing, because I think this is my reaction to like not talking about feelings as a kid. It's like, I know I want you to have the space to do that. Like, I know what happened to me when I didn't. So, like, let's let's talk about our feelings.
2: um, I don't know how to, like, gracefully jump back in. Wait, wait. Um, you had it. a friend. Oh, yes. You had a friend. Yes. I have a good friend whose parent told her something that her other parent did to a different child. And now she has a complex about whether or not it happened to her and she just doesn't remember like this has really eaten her up.
0: <laughs> it's not good. So yeah,
2: don't tell your kids if they don't bring it up. Don't if they don't remember. <laughs> don't re- tell them. No. Um okay, so yes. Um the first 5 years of my life when I was living with my mom, but I would have like visits with my dad, I really didn't see my dad until he started dating my first stepmom. That's really when my dad started being involved in my life again. My mom said that she had an apartment like right under his friend and he would go see his friend all the time and never once come see me. Um, but as soon as he had a woman who cared about the child, Brittany's back. Um, I'm better than ever. <laughs> <laughs> so at five, when I moved in with him and my 1st stepmom. um, There We lived in a duplex, so we had the lower half of a house, and um, they had the upper half of the house, and they had, like, an outside stairwell, and yeah. The upstairs neighbor had her own kids, and then she also babysat, so it was her school-age son, her toddler daughter, me, and then a kid who's, like, a year younger than me, and that house... you okay. miss it that house yes and no that's the first place i ever hallucinated oh um do you often hallucinate no okay just so wondering. okay side story about the hallucination i'm not school-aged yet um i have a september birthday so i miss the cutoff and i wait an extra year for school um but so i'm i'm five chilling at home with my dad and he i have a bowl of apple jacks i'm sitting at the kitchen table my back is to the living room i'm facing the kitchen sink there's a bathroom to my left my dad goes to the bathroom and i you know when you're a kid you track your parents it's a sign of attachment i look at him and then i look back at my cereal and i look under the table and i see a little man in a brown tweed suit with um like an olive green vest and a gold pocket watch. He's got long stringy black hair and a big hook nose. Um, Did you he, mean looks like, that? he looks kind of like a goblin from Harry Potter, right? But I'm five. So this is 1996 and Harry Potter hasn't come out yet. <laughs> um, And I look at him and he looks at me. And then I look back to where my dad just went to the bathroom and I look back and he's gone. And I never saw him again.
1: I feel like this wasn't a hallucination. <laughs> I think you saw like a leprechaun or a hobgoblin or someone.
0: It, where was this at the time? Like, where was the location? Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Okay. So so this, we can't blame this on like Appalachia. No. So, this wasn't like, you know, don't go in the forest and don't say things. Um, okay. He didn't hurt me.
2: He didn't do anything. That's
0: we just fair. looked at each other.
1: <laughs> I think he probably didn't expect you to see him and it startled him when you showed recognition
2: but but so this, this house this house was a very interesting place for me and the layout in my head is still really neat um of course when you're a kid everything's so much bigger so if i went back to this house now it would probably be super small and whatever um but yeah so we used to catch grasshoppers in the back. We had a giant willow tree. We grew watermelons and cantaloupes. It was just a it was a a neat place to live. Um, right next to the train tracks, my town had a butterfest. Like <laughs> a what butter more could you want? <laughs> oh yeah. Was, was that Wisconsin. where Paula Dean was born? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the upstairs neighbor would babysit me. Um And this other lady's child who was a year younger than me. And then her son would be at school and then her daughter would be there with us. Um, That other child ended up being the person, the first person to do something sexual to me. And um, in hindsight, knowing what I know now, that child was sexually abused because he told me I want to do to you what I saw my uncle do to my mommy. And he should have never seen that. He should have. I mean, he shouldn't have been exposed to what he was exposed to. And in turn, he took that and he exposed me to it. Um, I didn't tell anybody except um, one day the la- the babysitter's son and i were on the porch just talking we were kids and i told him i was like oh yeah so and so did this to me and he got really quiet and he was like oh, okay and then he went and told my dad um which i'm grateful for because i didn't know how to tell my dad at five <laughs> that something naughty had happened to me um and then i remember all the grown-ups got together That little boy's mom, the babysitter, my dad, my stepmom, um, everyone got together upstairs in the babysitter's apartment and had us kids in her kitchen while they were in the living room. And these are like adjoining rooms, but I don't know. They expected us not to hear. And they decided to take the easy route and say that the kids were just playing doctor and they didn't mean anything by it, which... In hindsight, that is 100% the adults taking the easy road out and not wanting to address that there was a serious issue. So my dad told me, you were just playing doctor, right? And me being a five-year-old, not wanting to disappoint my parents said, yeah, that's what we were doing. And my dad said, never do that again. And me being a Virgo said, well, what if what if we want to play doctor, but a different way? Like if with a stethoscope or what I use the five-year-old equivalent and he was like, you're never never playing doctor again.
1: Stethoscope. (laughs) What if we bring out the microscope and look at the different
2: analysis? Yeah. So I, I don't know, maybe that was childhood me trying to tell him that wasn't really the issue but who knows anyway my dad completely blocked that out of his memory because later when another sibling of mine ended up having an issue with a, a footballer grabbing her crotch my dad completely flipped out and i was like oh yeah well you when do you remember when i also had an incident and you didn't do anything and he was like no i don't remember that at all okay
0: <laughs> Funny how that worked out, cool, huh? Cool, cool, cool. cool. <laughs> Tester child.
2: About. <laughs> yeah. Um. Let's see what else in that house. Um. That was the first time my dad killed an animal in front of me. Uh, he caught a bat in a paper, a plastic bag, and he suffocated it to death. Um. Apparently, my dad also killed my mom's pet hamster when they lived together because it had quote unquote gotten into rat poison. my dad just likes to kill animals. Um Jesus. The other one that he killed was when we lived on the dairy farm, which that place was cool as shit too. Um he had burnt a pizza, he put it outside for the dog, and a raccoon came up and it was daytime, but the raccoon we're in the middle of the fucking country. The raccoon smelled pizza and came to try to get the pizza and my dad shot it. Um it's it's he's one of those people that can justify anything and while he has a logical argument you know that it's not the real reason you wanted yeah. you wanted to kill um do you think so, that's why
1: you need to mother so many animals to balance the scales no <laughs> no, I think I. Just, she's uh, like, no, I didn't think that until maybe. No, right I just,
0: now. I just ah. like things that love me back. God damn it!
2: I, yeah, I'm a nurturer, <laughs> and uh if people aren't gonna let me nurture them, animals will. Truth. Um. Let's see. Okay, so I'm trying not to take up like a million hours telling you all this stuff. No, but I want a million hours. If anyone else went through this, I want you to know you're not alone. And like. Mm-hmm. A lot of this, I don't even think about day to day. Like it's, it's wild going back through memory lane thinking like, oh yeah, that happened. And that happened. And that happened. (laughs) And that used to really bother me. I used to have a giant chip on my shoulder about how like, oh, I'm damaged. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Feel bad for me. Pity me. But like, who cares? (laughs) Um, Shit does happen. And what matters now is who I am mm-hmm so uh but yeah so the things that i have been through uh oh uh you remember when star wars episode one came out with like fucking jar jar binks or
0: <laughs> yes
2: because no, i'm not a nerd so Whoa. i was in elementary school at the time excuse you <laughs> we lived in a different <laughs> tiny town in wisconsin um and that that was one where my dad was not home very often. He was coming home late. I would hear him and my stepmom screaming, arguing, and it was just not good. But he did take me to see Star Wars Episode One, And um, on the way back, we went to like a late movie on a weeknight. On the way back, I guess he was swerving or something. I don't know if he was drinking. I really don't. But a cop did pull us over and give us a ride home. Um. So... I have ridden in a cop car in the back. Same. Uh, it wasn't your fault. <laughs> yeah. But like. I don't know. I was seven or eight <laughs> in the back of a cop car with my dad. Yeah, it's pretty intense. <laughs> so that happened. And then um, we moved across the country in the middle of second grade. From Wisconsin to North Carolina. Um I went from being a very well-liked child to a very, like, hated child. I did not have a lot of classmates that liked me at all in North Carolina. Clearly, um, they
1: had bad taste.
2: Right? <laughs> no, but, like, that was a that was a really hard move because, I, I mean, it happens again later in my life. But I leave everything behind and I go from being well-liked to not liked. And I still don't really have family around me. um north carolina happens uh i develop a really big obsession with harry potter because when i moved from wisconsin my teachers gave me the first harry potter book to read on my way down to north carolina it's a two-day drive um and harry potter became my best friend that was my life i was gonna marry ron weasley and then later when the (laughs) movies came out i was gonna marry rupert grint um (laughs) that didn't work out (laughs) what not yet not yet he's married i'm engaged maybe (laughs) later in still hope (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah anyway let's see uh Things are pretty normal-ish. Still a lot of yelling. I move in with my mom the summer before fourth grade. Um, the summer before I turn 10. She has been with her boyfriend since I was five. So she's been with him a long time. They live together. They have lived in multiple houses together. She works at his family's jewelry store. Um, I love him. He's great. I move in that summer and they break up and I think it's my fault because he's not used to having a child in the home. We in the middle of the night again, pack up as much as we could into my mom's two door coop and drive to South Carolina and live in my uncle's spare bedroom for a couple of months. I start school down here in August. Um, my birthday happens down here September 4th. He has been begging her, begging her, begging her, sending her four-page letters in the mail, sending me gifts, begging her to come home. We come home. My first day of fourth grade in Minnesota is September 11th, 2001. Oh uh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> yes. So again, I'm moving across the country. <laughs> um And I'm the new kid, and my first day of school is a traumatizing day for everyone. I get called a terrorist. Luckily, I do make friends. Um,
0: They're calling you a terrorist?
2: Yeah. Because I'm the new kid, right? And that's the buzzword to call people you don't like. Um, Yeah. Blonde, blue, Brittany. (laughs) Uh, I mean...
1: if I'm gonna look historically, the real terrorists are usually <laughs> white, so
2: yeah, you're not wrong. I mean,
0: this is true.
2: Um they, you know, they get back together, they reconcile, things are great all of fourth grade, all of fifth grade, summer before sixth grade comes, and they decide that they are done. Um so. My mom and I move into a shitty apartment <laughs> in a very good school district. Um, She said that she did that on purpose. She wanted me to have a good school, even if we didn't have a great place to live. And one of the best school districts in the state, honestly, like, I wish I had never left. Let's see. Oh, before that, I forgot to cover. I was alone all of the time. So although I never met the criteria for neglect on that ACEs test of not having anything to eat, I from first grade on was waking myself up, getting myself ready, making myself breakfast and from first through third grade, walking myself to school first and second grade were first in the first half of second grade i lived across the street from the school that's fine i still as a 7 year old was walking across that street by myself and then um half of second grade through the end of third grade that's it's over a mile that i walked by myself every morning <laughs> and every afternoon um i would come home and Not so much when I lived with my dad, because my stepmom would usually be home or she would have a babysitter for my little sisters, but I would be alone a lot. And then when I moved in with my mom, my mom was working all the time, trying to impress her boyfriend's family and, you know, trying to make money and be successful. And I would just be alone. So, I I mean, think of summer, right? You don't have school. You don't have other child interactions. Um, They had a room upstairs above the shop where I would just sit by myself all day and I would read, I would play Barbies. I couldn't talk to my mom because she was working. Um, They couldn't have a kid running through the store. I was alone all the time. If Um,
1: I can one day time travel, (laughs) I'll come play with you. Thanks. (laughs) I don't know where I'm going to travel to because it sounds like you're all over the map, but I'll try and find you and I'll try and play with you.
2: Okay. So, okay. Sixth grade comes, we're living in a shitty apartment in a very good school district on a hmm, fine side of a good town and I'm coming home alone every day. I get my first Nokia cell phone because um, my mom needs to be able to know that i'm alive and she told me i don't remember this this is another instance where she could have not told me and i would have been fine but she told me that one day i called her after school after i got off the bus and i told her that a man had followed me into and our he apartment. was banging
1: on the door right yeah and he was i, I just edited that episode that we talked about it
2: yes so she could have not told me about that i don't remember it <laughs> but apparently that happened um which I would say is an adverse childhood experience. And you went into Uh, the church
1: that one time.
2: Yep. That was in North Carolina. I did go into a church because I thought someone was following me and maybe they were, maybe they weren't, but I was, you know, eight walking over a mile home from school (laughs) by myself. Um, yeah. Okay. So that happens. I'm the new kid in a very wealthy school district and I'm poor as shit, and I have a woman's body, and all I have are my mom's (laughs) hand-me-downs. So things are not starting out great in the school district for me. Um, I was kind of ostracized, in my opinion, for that. I didn't make a lot of friends. And then we moved in seventh grade, and I made all the friends in the world. Same school district, different middle school. I fit in very well. I did well in school. I had friends. Um but then my friends started cutting themselves and I didn't understand that. Um but then I found out in 8th grade that um not only had my stepmom's parents died and she had gone back to Wisconsin to attend funerals and take care of her other dying parent until they died um my dad decided to leave her and create a new family which was traumatizing um so the divorce of my mom was my primary parent when i lived with my dad so it was it was again another divorce um and then since my friends were cutting themselves and I was an angsty teenager during the height of the emo years. I decided I would try to cut myself to see if it worked because holy fuck, my dad just started another family and doesn't even talk to me. <laughs> um, it did not help. What? I <laughs> regret that. <laughs> I used like a steak knife. <laughs>
1: Ooh, oh
2: serrated oh, edge like top
1: oh of my forearm. no no, yeah, no that shit was not Ouch.
2: smart
0: <laughs> Ouch. i mean uh, listen like if you're trying to accomplish pain you certainly accomplished that like that is harming oh
2: yeah i i really didn't get very deep in my skin it was very superficial a light scrape <laughs> but it, w- it was enough for me to be like this is not for me thank god um Ninth grade comes and it's fine. Uh, My friends are playing a lot of emotionally manipulative games. Um, That's high school. That's girls. That's normal. My mom sinks into depression pretty badly. Um, She stays in bed all day. She's very irritable. She cries a lot. Um, We lose the house in the 2008 housing crash. And we pack up our shit again. (laughs) And we move to South Carolina. um, Where I go to a very shitty school. And since they were on A day, B days, they did not have any regular classes to place me into. So I get placed in all remedial classes um and just completely halt all academic progress i had been making for two years um until i graduated i pretty much did not learn math anymore (laughs) um because i was just repeating everything i had already learned that was pretty bad um but then she moved to USC
1: and met Beamer, <laughs> and it was the greatest experience of her life. Yeah,
2: yeah that was she great. she
1: decided we were soulmates.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um okay, so we moved to South Carolina. I'm not making very many friends. I am not growing academically. I am crying every day for a month. I miss all of my friends. Um my mom's happier because she's down here and she has a job and the depression's getting better. She spends a lot of time still in her room. So again, I'm alone a lot. Um, she meets a guy on the internet who's from England and they're in love. So she decides she's going to go take a vacation and meet him. And I'm a mature teenager. So she's going to leave me home alone for a week
0: um was he a nigerian prince living in london
2: no he really was like an englishman and they took a vacation in spain and he was an asshole to her because she was too fat apparently even though at this time my mom was definitely not fat and she had just spent the previous 10 days on that diet where you just drink water lemon juice cayenne pepper and maple syrup for 10 days and that's all you ingest
0: a good old fashioned juice cleanse Yikes. hikes,
2: yeah, so like that's going on. Um while my mom is away, I invite a boy over and have a consensual experience. Ooh, which is great scent, yeah, wow, um, I do make a couple of good friends at this high school, and one of them is pretty bad. And the other one is pretty good, but also going through a lot of sexual abuse at home. Um, we ended up moving her out of her home in the middle of the school day. That's a whole traumatic event on itself. But my my other friend, who was pretty bad, um, she ends up moving to Beaufort with her mom. Um Cause her mom moves there for her boyfriend and her boyfriend is a staff sergeant in the Marine Corps. And he frequently has young men at his house to party and drink a lot. And so that becomes her new normal. And when I go visit her, um, it is completely normal for a grown man to knock on her window in the middle of the night and ask to be let in. This happens while I'm down there and um we are both i say made but you know the shitty part of your brain argues that like if you were in court about it the other attorney would be like you could have not drank and i didn't really we there was wine and a teacup we were all passing around because he was trying to get us drunk and i would put it up to my lips and pass it along um and then when he we decided to go to the beach and watch the sunrise. I drove because I had not had anything to drink and he was wasted. Um, and then we all decide that we're going to skinny, dip, skinny dip at sunrise in the ocean. And we're all in the water fairly far away from each other, except he keeps swimming up to me and um putting his hands and fingers where they shouldn't go. And I keep kicking away from him trying to get away. And that's tough because i tell my friend and she says that i can't say anything or he'll lose his career um bullshit yeah. i call bullshit on your friend so february ish maybe january of my senior year of high school my mom has lost her job again um or she quit something and she moves she decides that she's moving back to minnesota to live with a friend who has a house that said that she can stay with him um i'm in cosmetology school i have a boyfriend i'm going to usc the next year i say i'm not going i only have a few months left of high school and then i can come up to minnesota but i'm not i'm not leaving <laughs> um so she says find somewhere to live and as an 18 year old still in high school that's difficult. Um, cause you can't rent anywhere. I was working. I've been working since I was 15, but I didn't really have anything saved up. Um, I had asked my teacher, I had asked my friends, their parents all said no. And I didn't know what I was going to do. My mom said that she would pay for me to stay in an extended stay hotel or motel. I didn't want to do that. Um, she got rid of all of our pets because she couldn't take them with her when she moved. So, um, all of our pets, except for her dog. I lost my cats. Um, I also woke up in the middle of the night to finding her beat one of our cats one time because it had sprayed on the wall. That was terrifying. Wake up in the middle of the night and hear your mom screaming and beating the shit out of your pet. That was awful. Um, because she was stressed. She had lost her job. she wanted to get her deposit back on the place. and she wasn't gonna get that if the cat had sprayed on the walls. I understand why she was mad, but that was probably like one of the worst things. So yeah, anyway, she leaves. I'm panicking because I don't know where I'm gonna go. My uncle finally takes me in, which is great because he lives in the same town. It's the next school district over, but I can I have my mom's car. I can drive. Um. Or no, uh, I was using my grandma's car or something. And so I am able to finish high school and graduate and go to college. And that, I think, is all of my aces.
1: <laughs> I'm proud of you. Thank you. Thanks. I I, I met it. this uncle that she she stayed with. And there's a little baby that was sort of named after her. Not really, but like sort of. And he's the cutest. That's
2: awesome. Yeah. He like is so impressive now. He's what? 13, um, 14. And he has bought a boat and is fixing it up in order to sell. Like, he's know. so smart.
1: What kind of That's boat? A- is, it a, is it a um motorboat or a sailboat?
2: Motorboat. Okay. Okay. I was
1: wondering whether he'd fix up my boat.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, Maybe. this seems like a such a Carolina thing to be buying a boat.
2: I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> I knew many um, people in Minnesota with boats. I know almost nobody down here with a boat. <laughs> I mean,
0: there in Minnesota, you need one. There's 10,000 lakes.
2: <laughs> There's actually so
0: 20, many. 000. Yeah. Well, and not so much. I didn't side topic i didn't realize that like so many rivers went through like minneapolis st paul it's like that's that's huge waterways up there it's crazy
2: do you mean the mississippi river
0: yeah i didn't know it went all the way up to minnesota
2: (laughs) that's what i didn't pay attention it it starts in minnesota that's where water skiing was invented
0: i didn't know minnesota (laughs) is actually you know it just you you look they should have named
1: it the minnesota river
0: It's a big weird looking place. You're like, oh, you know, you get Wisconsin there and then Minnesota's right next to it and then you got like all the square looking states like the Dakotas and everything. You're like, what is up with Minnesota? It's all scraggly and all weird looking. And then you come to find out that's why. It's like, oh, that place is actually pretty fucking cool. It's the
2: best state (laughs) It's cold as shit
0: though. What is up with that?
2: Gotta have something wrong.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Well, so getting back to to aces like you had so many opportunities for shit to be fucked up and again to you know have this dueling family situation and complete lack of stability it's like it, it's super impressive to like see where you're at knowing your childhood was fucked up because i never would have thought your childhood was fucked up <laughs>
1: <She's> <laughs> just based, based on getting to know you
0: it's like it amazes me that people can come out of those situations and granted you might be an exception but it's it's if you know what
1: our exception
0: exactly we're very fortunate to have you but it's it's crazy to see what people go through and you know the stories that we can all tell so yeah
2: well i think there were a few key factors that really influenced my path you know I was Mm -hmm. never made to feel like I wasn't loved ever. I was always made to feel like I was loved. So that was very influential and very important. Um, I was, my successes were always celebrated. Excuse me. And I really, I didn't do a lot that was like bad. So I didn't like, I didn't get in trouble. There was, all the bad stuff that was happening around me, I didn't really, except for the breakup, I didn't really internalize as my fault. So if you look at someone who goes through everything that I did and maybe maybe they had really bad grades and so they got yelled at because their grades sucked or whatever, they're going to internalize a lot of that as, oh, the family's unhappy because I'm bad or something, you know? Or like, I don't know, just different things. I had a lot of key factors that, allowed me to be successful and to grow
0: makes sense
1: and as much as we don't want trauma to happen to anybody it does make us more fascinating adults because (laughs) for example for example she was left alone a lot which means that she was left to her own devices she sort of entertained herself part of what attracted to me as a friendship was watching this little pixie just like flit around (laughs) and she's just like finding things that entertain her and and flying that flag of look at this and look at that (laughs) and i just sat back there like how is this beautiful creature in existence i don't understand i i can't see what her motivations are for doing things she's just over here complete (laughs) to me what seems like completely carefree and just doing what inspires her. And I find that from the perspective of, I never do anything without feeling like it has crowd approval, just in awe of her.
2: Oh, but it was a trick because I'm head to toe anxiety on the inside. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's amazing how we can just bundle it all up and hide it. And then uh just wait until we get to a, a public forum to let it all out. <laughs> at least we're in control of it though when we do it this way yeah yeah so is there anything good that came out of us having uh adverse childhood experiences i think think what i said was
1: was that it makes you more interesting i think people in general i am a little bit attracted to trauma and a lot of my friends are a little fucked, but I think that makes them beautiful creatures.
2: I think it allows you to have a a wider worldview and be Mm -hmm. a more empathetic person.
0: For sure. I think we could all do with more empathy, but yeah, it, it is easier to relate sometimes when you know that somebody else has had something happen to them. Um, having, even if it's not exactly the same thing, being able to kind of understand, you know, hey, there was something terrible and I have to deal with it. It definitely gives you that sort of common thing to go forth.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And as far as anxiety, (laughs) I would definitely say that my ACEs contributed to anxiety. I'm hoping Mm -hmm. that they don't lead to future diabetes or um heart issues or anything else that i listed earlier that i cannot recall at this moment
0: (laughs) yeah it, it, it certainly the health outcomes are not fantastic based on that but i think that probably has to do with you know holistic look at every part of a person as well right like Yes, you're more likely to end up with these things happening, but that just might be because you're in a more disadvantaged situation to begin with. Less access to health care, uh, less access to healthy food, um, certainly no access to mental health care, things like that. So you know, you've you already sort of put yourself in a position to maybe avoid those potential consequences of encountering the childhood experiences. Um, But just know that, yeah, for a lot of people, that might not be the case.
2: What about you, Bunsen? Do you think that your aces have helped you in any way?
0: I mean, I think that knowing that they were actual adverse experiences now and recognizing them for what they are, I think it is helpful. It's helpful to know that yeah, sometimes you know shitty things happen and it wasn't fun. And it's okay that it wasn't fun, but you you know you it happened acknowledge it and you can learn from it and grow from it and feel better it's never going away but
1: the the way that he said that made me think of how I like true crime and mm. the the people although there's less and less people but the people who don't like true crime a lot of times talk about how they don't like to see that much evil in the world but when i look at it it's justification and reasoning for the evil i've already seen and Mm -hmm. so when you learn your aces then you have reason and logic behind some of your actions now that you're like okay this makes sense It's the the same same feeling for me that I like watching true crime because it explains things and the aces explain things of why things are the way they are.
0: Plus with true crime, you know how not to get murdered.
1: And stay sexy.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Take that love of unpacking and understanding and transfer it to, you know, the things that you haven't unwound yet. Mm-hmm. Hey, I all I need is Britney to bully me
1: into love, and I'll be fine. I'm trying to bully you and, right now.
2: <laughs> I mean, this, this is
0: this is the friendliest bullying you're ever gonna get. But it's true. I mean, you know, let's let's lay out the challenge. Like in season three, we'll recap and find out if Beamer actually talked to her therapist tomorrow about this.
1: <sighs> I have
2: no intention to. I have well, no intention. Britney to. and I. Uh-huh. Britney and I.
0: Brittany and I will know You'll ahead know of her. time, because we'll find out in the group chat.
2: I'll hack your phone and find the number listed as therapist. Oh, good, thing, good thing they're not in there as therapist.
0: <laughs> well, this has been another exciting season finale of But I Don't Want To an Anxiety Happy Hour.
1: Or as I like to call it, an Anxiety Happy Hour. Or for short, sure, Ah!
0: <laughs> we will uh we will join you again uh in probably a couple of months uh we will probably have another couple uh or special episodes at some point point. and uh as always your feedback is uh solicited so please reach out to us at, at an anxiety happy hour on all the socials um you know except tell twitter. us what you want to hear more of yeah except twitter because fuck elon so.
2: oh, shout out to our one follower on insta who did communicate with me like what made her anxious and what she would like us to talk about i completely oh. redid season oh. three's lineup so what that's all. Awesome. tell me about it tell me about it well
0: I kid, let's yeah that's let's not I'm say right. her name but what did she say
2: um listen y'all the internet is not my friend while no, right. Brittany
1: yeah. pulls that up there yes. i want you to know dear listeners that our intention is to come back in the summer we're, we're going to take a few months to try and catch up, because especially at the end of this season, Beamer's um, getting things done on time has not been great. And so we would like to get a little bit of head. That way, Beamer doesn't freak out every Monday
0: night. Haha, ha, you said head. <laughs> I was going to say, getting a little bit of head is one thing. Getting a little bit ahead is a different thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
2: Less
1: actually
0: let's hope for both of those for beamer but anyways let's let, <laughs> you know
2: um, so our follower justina audra said that social media related anxiety work Ooh. job related anxiety and anxiety from being bored are topics that she would like to hear about and i think i have incorporated all of those into season three
0: so would be fantastic yes
2: if you want to know about beamer's life
1: she might start a commune with justina what <laughs> yeah yeah i know That's justina awesome. in real life and uh we're talking about potentially that happening
0: awesome. is it gonna be out in the countryside or are you gonna just like she stay lives, right there
1: she lives in well i'm not gonna say where she lives but she lives in snowier country Ooh, than okay massachusetts and uh Ooh. there there's talk it might happen i don't know you might you might lose a a Massachusettsan, potentially that's okay
2: is that what y'all Was... are called massachusetts no we're called massholes
0: yes it's masshole <laughs> that, that's actually official that's in the state constitution now is it no but we're gonna go with it <laughs>
1: <laughs> um... no i i honestly have never heard anyone call themselves from massachusetts anything other than a masshole
0: I mean, Fair. we already have a ridiculously long state name. And so what are we gonna do? Be like a Mississippi person, call ourselves a Mississippian? It's like, yeah, it's, not, it's a whole extra syllable, isn't it? No, nope, fuck that.
2: Well, so like, if you're from Wisconsin, you're a Wisconsinite.
0: You yeah. could be
2: a Massachusetts. What
0: about a what about a little bit of gross like a Michigander? Like that's mm, we don't oh, like that.
2: I didn't think
0: a Californian.
2: I, that. <laughs> I think a the fl- prettiest one is a Carolinian. Yeah. yeah, Carolinian's awesome.
0: Georgian flows.
2: A Virginian.
0: I like a the Virginian.
2: Ends, I think. Yeah, New the Yorker, New Yorker. 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 You could be a Massachusettser.
0: Oh, Vermonter. Vermonter's a good one.
2: A, a Massachusettser.
0: What are people? <laughs> what are what are people from Connecticut? Um,
2: from Connecticut. They're
0: miserable. <laughs> yeah, they're miserable. They're from Connecticut.
1: <laughs> so I looked it up. Hmm. And apparently they call themselves the Bay Staters. Because Massachusetts... Connecticut? Were... Oh, no. Massachusetts.
0: Yeah. yeah, we were...
1: When you're yeah. not a masshole, you're a Bay Stater. What are people from Maine? Mainian? Mainers. I don't know. But not only Maniacs. is it that, <laughs> it's part of our general laws. General laws, part one, title one, chapter two, section 35. Bay Staters shall be the official designation of citizens of the Commonwealth.
0: Of course we put that. Yeah. Yes, we are one of the four Commonwealths. You
2: guys, Virginia, and who else? Ken-
0: Kentucky and shit, is it Indiana? The fuck? Yeah, the fuck indeed. Uh, but yes, um,
2: I'm Googling it.
1: Just so you know, Connecticut's dumb and they're Connecticutters.
0: Pennsylvania is the other uh state that is a Commonwealth. Uh the Pennsylvanians. Yeah. <laughs> Which states then, are
2: Commonwealths and why? Yeah.
0: <laughs> this Tell is what why. I want to know. Yes. Well, the ones I mean, that's the thing. Like it's it, Kentucky is the only non-original uh of the states to be a Commonwealth. That was like the added later. So of the original 13, three of them are Commonwealths. So it was us, Pennsylvania, and Virginia. And then Kentucky was like, we're a fling now! We're not part of South Carolina no more! And then Kentucky they became was a Commonwealth. never
1: part of South Carolina.
0: I thought that, like... The fuck! No, I thought it was territory that, like, extended out. Don't you remember, like, the lines that, like, came out when it was still territory?
1: The fuck. It was this never part of South Carolina. Listen,
0: I am relying on my textbooks, like from the territorial claims, like when I was like in third grade or something. Are I you know talking it's
1: pre-colony?
0: Yeah, like it, this is before, like it was never part of the state. But at some point, there were the territorial claims past, like the Appalachians, like all the states had claims for the territory west of there. We'll it look didn't. It up. Yeah, it was. It was. This is like post-revolution pre-expansion.
2: Uh, I'm not really understanding that well, from what I'm looking at on the internet.
0: Oh, about why Virginia, Virginia, had Virginia. Okay, okay, because it was on the other side of. What would then be West Virginia? I'm just I thinking
1: of where Kentucky is. And I was like, why would South Carolina own it? Like, I don't They're not close.
0: Is te- a Tennessee's next to North Carolina? And yes. then nothing's next to South Carolina because Georgia's there. Yes. That's it. I like I how you
1: say now. nothing's there because Georgia's there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you guys are kind of... Uh,
1: so why don't you understand what's
2: going on in the Commonwealth's? Because what I was seeing on the internet was that they used commonwealth in their language to represent that they wanted to do whatever was good for
1: the commonwealth. Yeah.
0: I, almost like we're communists, yes. <laughs> I
1: don't that know, was pre- man. It
0: there there wasn't do yeah, you wasn't...
1: understand what commonwealth means no okay <laughs> i think that's the root of the problem there
0: we we the people in order to form I a thought, more perfect union establish yeah
2: that you were like an honorary um member of the kingdom
0: oh oh we're not part of the commonwealth <laughs> of uh nations no 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 we 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 extricated ourselves from that
2: yeah, yeah, I, understand I, I remember it. that 1776 and all that jazz right
0: yeah <laughs>
1: my understanding is that most states the majority rule is the opinion of the few select mainly old white people and commonwealths do a lot more of everyone's opinion matters am i kind of getting that right that it it's less Run by the few elite and more base run. I mean, all
0: good. Idyllic, yeah. All good theory is definitely not the practice, but it's okay. My
2: friends, friends, um, we just want to be
0: different. Yeah, it's. Do you want to
1: poop? Is that
2: what you're saying? No, but I've been sitting on this hard floor, and I do have plenty of cushion, but not enough.
0: All right. Well, let's. Uh, so, Commonwealth
1: is a term for a political community founded for the common good.
0: Okay.
2: Yeah. Which is what I said.
1: <laughs> but you didn't understand <laughs> what you said.
0: Uh, hey. Just yeah, understand it better it's when like, you
2: hear you magically it. Magically understand it. it. <laughs> listen,
0: listen. It's all just marketing. We'll just mm-hmm. leave it at that.
1: All just marketing. Yeah. I all love, right. you <laughs> love you, bitches. Peace,
0: deuces. Um, so, um, yes. real quick. Yep.
1: Bunsen, your job yeah. is to make us a calendar.
0: I have it open. I do.
1: Okay. Make us a now, calendar.
0: Yep. Okay.
1: My goal is to get these last two episodes edited and done out. Brittany, do you want to make yourself a goal?
2: I already made all the images. For season three, oh no, I made a lot of them for season three. Okay, Um, please no Mondays or Wednesdays, because I donate plasma on those days.
0: All right, no sweat.
2: I mean, I think all it is
1: is recalibrating the calendar to reflect the Sundays, Tuesdays that isn't his kid Sunday Tuesdays.
0: yep.
2: Yeah, but that was kind of difficult too, because then sometimes we would be recording. We'll record twice in one week and then not record for a week.
0: Yes, which is real. I get it. I in the ass. Yeah, we can. We'll figure it out. We'll make it work.
1: I think that we should endeavor to do more double recordings that we like make a block
2: of time and do two in a row. In order for that to work, we have to implement more structure like we did at the beginning of season one, where we somewhat had a script and a layout. Gross.
0: I think you're right. We can't shoot from the hip because we go on too many tangents. It's just what I we do. I
2: love shooting from the
1: hip and going on tangents. <laughs> <laughs> Here's
0: the thing: we can do that, but it will just lead to us having to do more numbers of recordings.
1: Chris, okay. But, well,
0: yeah, we'll figure it out. On,
1: work on the calendar. Yeah, let us know. We'll right. we'll have a season three sesh that we're not recording. We're just discussing. Um,
0: sounds like a plan.
1: Love you, bitches.
2: Good, good night. Guys. Get night. sleep. Bye. Night. Oh, wait, wait, wait. One more thing.
0: Yes. Wait.
2: I fell down a genealogy rabbit hole last night, and not only do I have butt off in my family names, I also have decock. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's um, right. Brittany's tell- got Cock.
2: Did I tell you I did 23andMe? <gasps>
0: cool. Oh, shit.
1: And oh, I am results? just as white as I always thought I was. I Aww. definitely thought you were black, heart black.
0: I was getting like Mm one percent. No.
2: So white. Well, because your mom. So white. So (laughs) So
1: very, very white. Get
2: get Chandler to take it.
1: No. Yeah. No.
2: Get her to take it. Come on. I don't want
1: to do anything with her.
0: Why do? Why? she? She's definitely. She's my half sister. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. But it's not like she and I don't both already know that we're half siblings. Oh.
2: But I want to <laughs> know. I want to know more. I want to know more. I, love I this. mean, uh, I Chelsea love this gave
1: me her Ancestry.com login, and what? I found the thing, the marriage announcement from my mom with her first husband.
0: Whoa! Ho, ho! Nice. Yeah Shit.
2: so i know a little bit
0: i uh, this is drama that i love okay
2: speaking of marriage announcements myheritage.com you you can only put like so many people on your family tree before you have to start paying for a membership you can't even just pay like 50 bucks and have access
0: oh no it's
2: like
0: and how many different tiers are there so like three tiers three yeah yeah you'd be a platinum plus member for 20 dollars a month and get unlimited connections
2: You said Platinum Plus, and I heard Strip Club.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Checks out, checks out. Was that the name of the strip club? I didn't even know that. That's Platinum Plus was
1: definitely a South Carolina strip club.
0: Platinum Plus
2: and Platinum West. Mm
1: -hmm, mm
2: -hmm. Drop them out. I worked at Platinum (laughs)
1: Plus (laughs) for one day. (laughs) One day. Now to roll the credits.
0: Big thanks to Sam Rochford for her use of the song Pedals. You can listen to the full version on Spotify, Apple Music, or any of those other places that you find music. If you want to connect with her and you're secretly 83 years old, like me, her Facebook page is called Sam Rochford Music, and if you're hip and cool, her TikTok is Boring Sad Music.
1: Do you like our logo? It was done by friend of the pod and artist extraordinaire, The Ramble Pies. Her Instagram and TikTok are at the dot ramble dot pies. Don't know what you want, but want some art. Her Etsy is the Rambling Merchant. Now that's all one word. She does do commissioned works if you have something in mind.
0: You can reach us at
1: Linktree slash Anxiety Happy Hour.
0: On Instagram at an anxiety happy hour.
1: On Facebook at an anxiety happy hour.
0: On YouTube at but I don't want to. An anxiety happy hour.
1: On Twitter at pod, because apparently there's character
0: limitations. Thanks, Elon. On TikTok at an anxiety happy hour.
1: Or email us at an anxiety happy hour at gmail.com.
0: This has been a Be Anxious production.
2: I just want to tell you guys that tonight is not only a full moon. Mm-hmm. But it is a full moon in Virgo, which I told you guys earlier. And that means that we are supposed to see some balance coming in our lives between the light and the dark and the positive <laughs> and the negative. You would think that would make more sense for like a full moon in Libra since that's the scales, but apparently not. I could use some more
0: balance for sure. I have terrible balance. Like I <laughs> could just. Emotionally
1: I... or physically?
0: Yes. And. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, man.